world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land that freedom forgot, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. Well, this is show 442, and uh, we've got two guests on the show today. Uh, a reoccurring nightmare, I mean a reoccurring guest, Evan Knappen, is on the show. <laughs> we, did a US, we did a U.S. Law Shield uh, uh, presentation together yesterday, and a, a friend of mine who's been on the show before, who's a, a warrior uh, and trying to get the conservatives to awaken in the state of New Jersey from Bergen County, hey, good luck with that. Paul Dugan. Hello, Paul. Hello to you. Good. Everybody. Before I bring the guests on and talk, I have some housekeeping stuff. Uh, about six or seven... Um, Shows ago, we had 90-year-old Vito Trousey on the show, World War II veteran, and uh, he passed a week and a half ago, peacefully in his sleep, 91 years old. He personified the greatest generation. The guy was in prisoner of war camps for two years, Mm. worked two jobs, raised two daughters, and um, he came on the show and he just rocked it. He was in a wheelchair. and He was even better off the air. Well, off the air, he was talking about (laughs) how he would need a Viagra pill the size of a football uh, to do what he would like to do. And... uh, but he, he shared a lot of stories with us and how important food is when you spend two years in a uh, prisoner yeah. of war camp. Right. And uh, so sadly, uh, I'd offer my condolences to his family, and it was, a, it was an honor and a pleasure to yes. have him on the show. Just to meet him. And it's amazing, Sandy, the greatest generation, we've gone from that to this now. Yeah, so yeah. it's no secret that I do a lot of charitable stuff, all right? And I do a lot of obviously two-way stuff because I tell everybody I have two full-time jobs. Range owner is one full-time job. That's about 80 hours a week. And then Second Amendment Advocate is about 60 hours a week. So that's about 140 hours a week. I'm only off two days a year, Thanksgiving and Christmas. The only two days the range is closed. So, of course, this Thanksgiving I volunteer to deliver uh, meals uh, for people who can't get out in the New York metropolitan area which I do something like that every year. So from 9.30 in the morning till 3.30, for six hours, I will be delivering meals uh, around the New York metropolitan meals area. On wheels. It's like a Meals on Wheels. Which it's from St. Michael's Church in the city, and we're going to be picking up prepared huh. foods and delivering it to people. So I had a register this year, and you have to show proof of insurance on your car and what your plate number is. They want to make sure there's not scammers out there oh, who yeah, are maybe sure, going to yeah. pick up the food and then go sell it or yeah, something. Sure. So, Which I'm sure you've thought so of. So every year I do this. So this year the website's changed a little bit. So we got a guy like Vito Trousey, 91 years old, spent two years in a POW camp, broke his ass for our country. So when I go to register this year, gender, I had to pick either no. woman or feminine of center. Man or masculine of center, which I don't understand what that is. 
uh, gender non-conforming, transgender man, transgender woman, cisgender man, cisgender woman, non-binary, two-spirit, and if you can imagine, other... Well, we didn't cover everything here. No, wait. I wouldn't even know how to answer that. I don't know how to answer. Am I man slash masculine of center? What does that mean? Like I'm not in the middle of the road. I'm more masculine than I am. Listen, I don't have a bis- biscuit or a douche knot on my head. It goes to what Evan and I have always our favorite ex- uh, our, our favorite uh, uh, saying is what? words mean things. Yes, and then wait, then then on the bottom, another pull-down menu, which pronouns do oh, you use? Oh, come on, are you serious? No, he, wait a him, this his. The, this is the Catholic Church? Yes, I'm volunteering. He, him, his, his, she, her, hers, they, them, theirs. I don't know what this is. Z-E, Z-E-H-I-R-H-I-R-S. That's a new one. Z, her, hers. And then there's XE. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's XE, XEM, XYR. Oh, no, you're making this shit Sandy. up, right? It's, it's right here. HY, HYM. Yeah, I like the hymn. I like hymns. I go to church. HYS, other. And I love this. Prefer not to say. This no, is, what, that you had to have fun with this one. What did you. Oh, what did I, you? Yeah. You well, they're going to be referring to me as a unicorn. <laughs> I told them, this is. Come on. Yes, yes. This is this is what we live with today. I had to go through this no, menu, seriously. and I don't know what he's he hard he is X X X xylophone or whatever that is. <laughs> I don't know. I identify as a cigarette butt. Okay, I don't know. It. it oh, anyway. Good God. Anyway, so I want to get that. He's laughing his ass over there. I want to get that out of the way. The next thing I want to talk about, I want to before we get into our two guests, I want to thank the 2,000 plus people who made it to Washington D.C. for the 2A rally. We had 29 speakers from all over the country, from numerous 2A groups, and I was there repping gun for hire, and I gave a nice, powerful speech, got a good rouse of applause. Maybe next time the bathrooms can be closer than four and a half miles away at the Botanical <laughs> Gardens. That would be my only uh, negativity. People uh, came up from Jeff again. Knox, Rob Pincus, uh, me, uh, you, you name it. People came up and spoke for four hours. It was a good rally. Should have been 200,000 people, but you know what? We had Timothy Knight was there. Dick Heller was there. Maj Ture, uh, Matt LaRosse, uh, Kevin Dixon, Hickok 45. He's about 11 feet tall, by the way, uh, if you didn't know that. Jo- Joshua Prince was one of the speakers. Reverend Blanchard, black man with a gun, yeah. was there speaking. Okay. Todd Fossey, Kerry Sloan. It was it was a great day. The weather was perfect. Uh, that was it was a beautiful day. You, but you want to talk about this is how I go right into politics now. So we have a two a rally, rally for our rights to rock the vote and get everybody going, and we get two thousand people to show up. Thirty five hundred feet away was the parade for the World Series winners, which is the Capitals that won. There was about a hundred thousand people there. Was that for the parade and the morale and the rally. This is what goes to this is right back to the days of the Romans and the Greeks, bread and circuses. Right. Okay. Two thousand people show up, 
to fight for the rights, and 100,000 people show up to celebrate a bunch of overpaid guys that wear tight pants with cleats and run around some kind of diamond. Playing a child sport for millions of right, dollars. Right, right. Millions and millions of dollars. So you get 100,000 people there, 2,000 people over there. It's indicative of our society. Yeah, you're right. Okay? And I'm going to come up with my own for next week's show. <laughs> I'm going to come up with my own uh, gender and pronouns, pronouns that I use. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The idea there would be to uh, show how baseball bats are protected by the Second Amendment. Ah, I, I like mean, that you know, angle. To get the, uh, you know, the crowd. So, Paul is here. Uh, Evan's here because he came early for, for some... No, no I'm kidding. But, <laughs> but Paul is here because he's run for office. Who'd you run against once before? Oh, we'll run against everybody. But, but listen, I'm a deplorable from Dublin. Okay, deplorable. <laughs> I've been to Dublin. <laughs> okay. Why didn't you bring me some scones with jam and clotted cream? Because they probably haven't got them anymore because they were all taken over by Macron for the croissants. Ah. That's why that's Oh, happens. we need croissants. Oh, anyway, I'd rather a scone, but anyway, go ahead. But anyway, I'm here today because, like everybody else, we've had it up to the eyeballs with people in our own party right. who come out of the woodwork every few years to say... I am pro 2A, or I, <laughs> yes. I respect the Second Amendment, but they never elaborate on it. And when we do our due diligence of voting them in, they say, I'm pro A, but if. Always and but. Always yes. a but. Right. So I'm here today to announce that I'm sticking my neck out and I am running for Congressional District 5, New Jersey, against Josh Gottheimer, despite who the establishment of the Republican Party say they're going to throw up against. Because those people that they're throwing up against are all from the rich districts of northern Bergen County, and their main donors are Dewey, Cheatham and Howe, capital LLC, yeah. and all of their subsidiaries. Yeah. They do not yeah. represent you, me, and everybody else. And let me just go on and e explain to you how I came about. I came over to the United States in 1989, became a citizen. The first thing I did was to become a life member of the NRA. Yay! My first political involvement here was when Jim Florio decided that he wanted to uh, become the liberal in chief and take away everybody's weapons. Which he did. At that stage of the game, there were still Republicans in Bergen County and no other yeah. that still believed in the Second Amendment. Yeah, real Republicans. They went down. My first ever rally <coughs> was down there in the early 90s against him. I and was there. Okay. And we had Goodbye. and we had the slogan Florio Free in 93. Yep. And we did it. But what did we do? What did we get out of it? We were all told to march behind or what you call it Christy Whitman. Christy right. Whitman did nothing for us but we were told we were the malcontents, and we had <laughs> yeah, to take right. our half a loaf because it was better than no bread at all. And if those of you that were alive and around and al at that time, you had your little FID cards, and your little FID cards proudly said to purchase and carry. Wake up a few little years later after the Whitman administration mm -hmm. and all the other administrations, and you pick up your FID card. Take it out of your wallet right now and look at it. There's no purchase and carry. You barely get to purchase. Right. Right. So this election that we had today, I mean, Steinhardt can do his little end run around South Jersey. 
it's not going to mean anything they're still going to go full ahead with their agenda to confiscate mm-hmm. it's not just Beto this agenda to confiscate didn't start with no. the Loretta wine no, no 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 no, no, no. Not, it no. started way way yeah. earlier on right and you'll hear stories later on about how local law enforcement are going to implement that confiscation with very very dubious uh, I would say Hitler-esque tactics but you'll hear that later on I am here today to beg you because this is your last time you can come you can do a couple of things you can join me website www.votepauldugan.com I'll spell it out to you P-A-U-L-D-U-G-G-A-N dot com. If you don't want to donate, you can join, you can sign. This campaign is your campaign. So, and I just want to thank Anthony for giving me the opportunity of getting into the boxing ring again (laughs) here today. We are going to be endorsing him and supporting him from now until next year, non-stop. By the way, the election results, real quick. This is from Doug Steinhardt. Hold on, Paul. Don't let me stung on you. Big night for us statewide. Biggest Republican pickup since 1991. Thanks for all your help, Anthony. We took back a lot of seats, and slowly we could take our rights back. I will give Doug a lot of credit. He's been beating the pavement for the past year where we are past Democratic uh, Republican chairmen weren't doing much okay so he has been coming out I mean he had a fundraiser here and everything where the attendees shot guns but we picked up a couple of seats everybody thought it was going to be a big blue wave now it's energized Steve Sweeney Uh, he's gone the attack again with Murphy telling everybody that they lost those four or five seats because of the Murphy initiative because I feel in my heart that Sweeney is going to be primarying Murphy for the uh, governor election. I think Sweeney wants his throne, and he will get Norcross backing, and he probably get the Democratic Party backing, and I think uh, you know one and done. What somebody said, Murphy's through in 22. I forgot mm-hmm. who started that at another well, rally in Trenton clever. a few weeks ago, a few months ago. Evan Knappen, mm-hmm. but we did make some gains and. Uh, you know, George Alashevsky, he sent me an email, thanks, thanks that, that my father is feeling much better. And, you know, he says the election outcome is kind of bad. But just think about this, 22% people showed up to right. vote. Again. 22%. There was, you could have literally set off a bomb in my, di- in my polling district and, and not hurt anyone. 22%, okay? So let me tell you something. We're, we're kind of doomed. We need guys like Paul, but we need people to get out and vote. You know, like Virginia, Bloomberg put in tons and tons of dough, and they had redistricting backed by Eric Holder, mm-hmm. and they made Virginia completely blue now. And like I said in my speech at the rally before the election results were in, is like, you know, for years I've been posting about, you know, New Jersey, we got screwed this way. And somebody will uh, post, I live in Virginia. Well, move down here with us. Vote with your feet. Come to a free oh, state, yeah? you know? And so you got a governor now who it's okay to, because he's a Democrat, wear blackface and kill babies after they're born. They're going to, they're going to ban everything in Virginia because Bloomberg's going to set an example. Oh, absolutely. Go ahead. You know, one thing to keep in mind is what Virginia's motto on the flag is. Six Here it comes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about Virginia here, man. 
It's a sad. I can always count right. on you. you while, while, <laughs> while we were doing the show, I figured out my gender and stuff, guys. For when I go back on, where you can fill in your own. Did so, you? Yeah. So gender, like, whether it's woman, feminine, or center, I'm BMF, bad mother effer. Yeah, okay. Okay. And for pronouns, like he, him, and his, it's yak, douche, or irreverent. <laughs> okay? That's it. That's what I'm using yak? from now on. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Just to keep them wondering. Okay. Because you got you to gotta make shit up here. Yeah. Tell me program, not pronoun. Pro-gun. Oh, <laughs> God, it starts. But a bump bump. By the way, Nappin, uh, I got an email from Cal, Cal Carl Castrum. Can you give us a quick up update real quick or no? Do you even know? Yeah, it? I, okay. can. I can. Because he sent me an email. Rather than me read it, how about have the law firm that's handling the case tell us an update on Cal? Cal, by the way, is a decorated Marine, retired, applied for a carry permit with a bona fide security company in to uniform to work. Yeah. to work in a movie theater. Theater, and the judge told him to find a new line of work. Right. Okay. Did I sum summarize that pretty, pretty good? good. Okay. The, but the key issue in Calstrom, which is uh, really, really going to be significant for New Jersey, is that he got approved by the chief. Yes. For his right. Right. And under our screwed up carry laws, when it goes to the judge there, there's no mandate that you get a hearing in front of the judge on an approval and the judge denied him without a hearing so that there is no due process yeah. none no due process on an approved application going to a judge who denied who it. denies it because the legislators way back when this law was put in place could not conceive, never the Stupidity. thought never dawned on them that <coughs> the chief who's done all the backgrounding and knows the guy and does all that is going to approve it, and a judge for any reason is going to deny it? What basis, because all the judge has in front of him is the approved application with everything that the chief went through to approve it, <laughs> yet the judge denied it, and denied it without a hearing. This is really significant, because uh, we brought it and fought it all the way up, and we made it and was granted cert to the New Jersey Supreme Court. And the New Jersey Supreme Court just heard the case. And Brother Lou, my brother, did a fantastic uh, job arguing to the New Jersey Supreme Court. When the court granted cert on this, you know, they have to decide whether to review it or not. It was all seven judges wanted to take the case. And why is that? Because even in this state, that lack of due process is screaming for the flaw in our law. So what we're hoping for here is to establish a right to a hearing after a chief approval. Now you may say, well, okay, but how is that? Well, here's why. Because what we have rolling right now is a super important case in federal Supreme Court, right? Mm -hmm. We have Rogers. the New York City and the Rogers case. Well, what happens when you know, we're all cautiously optimistic because we know truth is on our side, right? We're hoping to get that that justifiable need eliminated, right? Unconstitutional. And that's where we're going with it. But once that happens, what happens when the activist judges just say, yeah, we know you were approved by the chief, and we're just denying you no hearing. This way, by having yeah, a hearing, right. once we get the even better case law, then we'll actually see a tremendous growth in the ability to have issued 
carry licenses. So this is another piece in a step to gaining our rights back, getting due process, and ensuring it almost like an insurance policy for when the big one drops and justifiable need is dead and buried so we can get our approvals. So putting due process back into the system. That's what Carlstrom stands for right now. Mm -hmm. And of course we want him to win and he should get his license, but what's at stake here is an even bigger issue. Mm. The issue of absolute, and you know, New Jersey has been denying due process across the board in all kinds of things regarding firearms. Not just on the carry license application, which is blatant, but on red flag. And I know at some point we're going to talk about yeah, that. But it is no due process up front. None. Built into the law. I mean, you talk about just uh, uh, insanity. You cannot believe uh, the how bad our red flag law is, uh, where your guns are uh, confiscated, a warrant, search and seizure issued. You're mandated to surrender anything you have, whether it's found or not. And all your licenses are automatically revoked. And that's the word, revoked on an ex parte without you being present wow. claims by some person and this clicks over all that it hits you you've never had one moment to say your piece or defend yourself the guns are taken seized you're a prohibited person your licenses are revoked and then you'll finally get a hearing after the damage is done with no due process this is ripe for the supreme right now court for New right oh yeah so all these things are out there pending. They're all coming together. The one real place where there's a glimmer of hope is in our judicial fights. Yes, that's why I talked last night. I opened for Evan at a U.S. Law Shield seminar where he did the red flag thing, and I talked about it's important. Make sure you don't have anything noncompliant in your possession, please. We talk about this every yeah. week. When we come back, Paul, I want to hear some more about your stand and how we're going to support you. And half the people don't even know what they have is not compliant because they have their head up their ass. Refer to me as Yak. Yak. Not douche. You can use douche too. <laughs> okay. I want to tell you about my friend Katie. Katie is a nurse and she was attacked on her way home from work. She was totally taken by surprise. And although Katie is only 5 feet tall and 106 pounds, she was easily able to drop her six foot four, 250 pound attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day. She was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man-stopping aerosol propellant. It's not like it was in our grandmother's day. Today, just going to and from work or to the mall can have tragic consequences. The FBI says a violent crime is committed every 15 seconds in the United States and a forcible rape happens every five minutes. And chances are, when something happens, no one will be around to help. It looks just like a lipstick, so no one will suspect a thing, which is important since experts say getting the jump on your attacker is all about the element of surprise. Inside this innocent-looking lipstick is the same powerful stuff used by police and the military to disarm even the most powerful armed aggressor. In fact, National Park Rangers use the very same formula that's inside this little lipstick to stop 2,000-pound vicious grizzly bears dead in their tracks. It's like carrying a personal bodyguard with you, in your purse or your pocket. Darkness brings danger. Muggers and rapists use darkness to their advantage. 
We all know what it's like to be walking at night and hear footsteps coming at us from behind. Who's there? If it's somebody bad, will you be protected? Your life may depend on it. My friend Katie's close call needs to be a wake-up call for all of us, myself included. Pick up a lipstick bodyguard and keep it with you always. The world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. And what better way to say I love you than giving the ones you love a gift to keep them safe? Lipstick Bodyguard. It looks just like a beautiful little lipstick. But just like a beautiful woman, it has the power to bring a grown man to his knees. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Just follow the link on the GunForHireRadio.com homepage. So, I want to talk about, uh, by the way, Doug Steinhardt also told me, Paul, this is for you, good for you to hear, too. The Democrat uh, power machine in New Jersey outspent the Republicans 12 to 1. 12 to 1? 12 to 1. Yes, well, they're mostly all incumbents, and they have the Democratic machine, yeah, and they right. have the union backing, and the NJEA, and all mm -hmm. the other acronyms out there. Uh, Tony Gallo, Middlesex County, ran on his own as a Republican against sanctuary cities and states and everything. He managed, in Middlesex, Democratic stronghold Middlesex County, he managed 41,000 votes, and the incumbent, whatever her name was, got 59,000 votes. You know, it was a long shot going in. We all supported him. People went out to his rallies and events, and I'm 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 proud to call him my friend. And it's funny how I I I went back. I googled his name, and uh, not Google. I searched his name in my inbox and my emails, and I know him like 15 years. But I think 41,000 votes on a self-funded campaign. He did not have the backing of the Republican Party in Middlesex County. Doug Steinhardt came in as the the chair of the Republicans. And uh, he endorsed him and backed him and stumped for him. But Middlesex County, the law enforcement and everything did not back him. They backed the incumbent Democrat, who's for open borders and sanctuary cities and states. And uh, she won with 59,000 votes, but he kicked ass. I think he rocked it pretty good. <clears throat> What's your stand on sanctuary cities, Mr. Duggan? Sanctuary cities. I worked so damn hard here to become a legal mm. citizen of the United States. Let me explain to you what it, what it took. First of all, you came here. You had to get your finger printed. You had to get an uh, AIDS test, tuberculosis test, sign that your parents were never in the Third Reich. They were from Ireland. They were not even <laughs> in the Third Reich. <laughs> Hold on a minute. <laughs> had to sign... They actually asked about Third Reich. They yeah. did in the, my paper. Then you had to sign <laughs> an affidavit saying that you would never become a ward of the state. Now, I have... Oh, you mean you could have just crawled across the border and applied? Hold on a second. That's not it. Then you had to. Then you had to wait five years. That's just for the green card. Then you had to wait five years, then to do to go for the citizenship test. You do all this thing again. You get fingerprinted again. You do the AIDS test, the tuberculosis test. Then, at my citizenship test hearing, 
the lady involved. I, there were people there that spoke other languages. They got rubber stamped in. Uh, Mr. Duggan, please name all nine justices of the Supreme Court. I rattled them off. I got a bit nervous at the end. And instead of saying uh, Judge uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I said Darth Bader Ginsburg. All she heard was the name Ginsburg. Okay, she got it. Then my lawyer comes in and says, Paul, what the hell are you doing? You're walking in there without me? I said, damn it. If I can't walk, if I cannot represent myself in front of the government and petition why I love this country so much, then what's the point? Mm-hmm. You know, I am, you know, Irish by birth, but American by the grace of God. People don't understand. And now, all of a sudden, you get people like, especially like Jack, uh, Gottheimer and people like that, who have downgraded our citizenship oh. to junk sta- uh, status. Yeah, yeah, great. And that great is phrase. why, in a very, very interesting piece, when I, the Republican Party have asked me to do favors for the last 10 years, and I've done every one of them running in really bad districts. And when they found out that I was going to run against Loretta Weinberg, first of all, they backed off because they, they are friends with Loretta Weinberg mm-hmm. in Bergen County. Of course. They, are re- yes. they are friends with Loretta Weinberg because Loretta, Loretta Weinberg gives them their families jobs. That's but right. when they found out I was going to debate her, they pulled the fl- plug on it with the League of Women Voters yep. the night before. I remember that. Yeah. The night before. And none of them can recite the oath of citizenship, which I have now on my website, right there. And that is where I said, Sanctuary Cities? Are you kidding me? They need sanctuary cities now for real Americans. Yes, <laughs> yes. we need sanctuary. Yeah, and what I call right. about real Americans, I invite, I, I'm a welcomer of everybody in here. I was an American before I even came here. Before in, I as a state of mind. As a state of mind. Yeah. Freedom is a state of mind. And I want to say to my wayward Republican colleagues, the one, every issue, or one issue impacts all other issues. You cannot cherry pick the Bill of Rights. You cannot be a Sunday or a shiny or a good, good weather Republican or a good weather constitutional Republican. The minute I say the constitutional Republicans... They're, they're, they're like what you call it the, I see them like the insects they want to run out when you point shining <laughs> the light on them they want to run away we had and this is a very very telling point at this year's election we had people running under the Republican banner who didn't even bother filling out the 2A application we had people who actually accused constitutional republics of being terrorists yeah of course yeah, yeah I'm a and these are sitting and former right. councilmen in the Republican Party and I said this is not my party anymore yeah. so this is this is why I am doing that and it is diff- running for office as an advocate or even as a past candidate who knows the system is difficult because the odds are stacked yeah. against you yeah absolutely right it really is a swamp it is but there there is hope as Winston Churchill says, never give up. Well, I'm not going to give up. Yeah. I've been at this two decades. Do you think I'm <laughs> going to give up now? No, <laughs> no way. Right. You know, and I think the more, the, the older you get and the wiser you get and you realize where all the, the swamp landmines are. When you have a municipal chairman who is in bed with the Democrats, then you know that their system stinks. Mm-hmm. And the mailer that I sent out over the weekend, about a couple of thousand at a time, 
points that out. And if they fail, and they want to know all the time why we don't vote for them. We used to vote for them because we were told to vote for them, but not anymore. Because the half a loaf is better than no bread at all argument doesn't fly anymore. Correct. Except to the populace. And, and, and for some reason, we've been at this ten years trying Ugh, to get ten years with him to just get anybody to rationally understand that no, it doesn't have to be this way. But we're told, and 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 it's and the the problem is is like this this fellow from Virginia said, you know, why don't you vote with your feet? The problem is New Jersey people have voted with their feet. To, to the tune of, what, 10,000 a, a, a year. But the backside problem of that is, and I see it because I work for the state, for every person who leaves here, the people coming in that are being chased out of New York right. bring their old voting habits with yep. them. Yep. And so do the people from New Jersey who go to places like Virginia, yeah, exactly. North Carolina, yeah. South Carolina, yeah. Florida, mm-hmm. and you see those states all turning over. I mean, And that is why on my website, where one in... Where one issue impacts the other. Immigration here, we need to get a moratorium on legal immigration in order to catch up with assimilation. Yeah. We have people here that haven't got a clue, that just want to cherry-pick their rights. Mm-hmm. And when you start cherry-picking your rights, in the end, they're gone. Right. They're gone. I don't understand what they're trying to make America into, um, but it's not what I came over. I did not travel 3,000 452 miles to exchange one so group of socialist values for another. Yeah. I didn't do that. Right. And I refuse to yield to the what people say, oh, it's inevitable. I Nothing is inevitable correct. until right. it's inevitable. I talk about this all the time, Paul. The problem is we're in the way because there's three tiers. There's the political elites and the protected class. Then there's the illegals and the criminals, the welfare state, too. And then there's the third tier, which is the law-abiding, tax-paying citizens. We're in the way. If you want socialism or communism, it's a two-tiered system. You can't have three tiers. And the problem is us on the third tier, we're armed. We have guns. That's a big problem for the elitists and the political class. They want us out. That's why they're replacing us with illegals and criminals and, and opening the floodgates. And that's why you get free education and free food. And, you know, now the election's over. As predicted, Murphy's going to issue driver's licenses to 600,000 people. I had somebody call me an effing idiot on, so, on uh, social media the other day because I said that they're not required to give six points of ID or nine points for a real ID. And he said, I'm an effing idiot. Really? So I went on the DMC site. The way it's going to be set up is if you're an illegal, you're going to get a driver's license that says not a legal form of ID, but you're going to get a driver's license. All you need to show is a piece of mail with your name and address on it. And they're going to get a driver's license. And when they get a driver's license, they're going to be asked if they want to register to yeah. vote. Motor voter. Okay, motor voter. That's what it's all about. Let's yeah. face it. It's about that. And, Paul, you, after all the questions and the cavity searches, you're going to have to bring nine points to renew your driver's license. I'm on the inside track on that one because yes. I do work for the state. And I want to tell you something. If they do try and implement that, you are going to have temporary visa holders that we reject 
because they don't meet the SAVE, Government Save Program requirements. Because you know, anybody who comes in that is a, not a legal citizen or not a legal resident has to go through the Government Save Program to get any benefits. But if that they try and implement that, you're going to have pandemonium at the local motor vehicle offices. I can I tell you that. But I, you know, but that in case, let's go back to the real. What we our biggest weapon is our refusal to bow to their system. Mm. We're not going to play by. That's why I'm running. I'm not playing by their rules and their conventions and their rigged conventions. I'm doing this on my own. I'm going to knock on doors and mail. I can get the, <coughs> vote, the voter list of those who are Republican and, and, and enlighten them. This is what everybody who is listening to this show can do. Call, go to your county voting offices and Oprah your, you Oprah the list of voters, of your like-minded voters, it costs you nothing. You pick up or you can email them, open a request for voter list. Get them, either knock on your doors, and then you start from there. If everybody did that and woke up, we could, there's 22% people who can vote, we can wake up another 22%. Mm-hmm. And that's how it's done. You play by, our, by your own rules. You make up your own rules. And don't adhere it to theirs. It has to get much worse, Paul, for anybody to get off their ass and do anything. It's, it's Fat and lazy. Bread and circuses. Absolutely. Well, it is already when you're seeing yeah. these red flag laws. And when you, ladies and, and gentlemen, when you, get on that, you, when you get on that, when you have that knock at the door. And people remember. Remember we were, when we were all ridiculed? We were all ridiculed in the 90s. When well, we said they were going to come and confiscate your no. guns in the middle of the night. We were called, we were called not just that, and one of our fellow patriots heralded put out the warning there about the jackbooted government thugs yes and we were all <laughs> re i remember that and even our own party said oh you know we were and they were they were disparaged for a whole month from saying that right ladies Why and gentlemen this has come to light from the NRA, that is yeah. exactly that, yeah. yeah yeah that is exactly why and people who forget their history or ignore their history it's going to come around and bite you in the posterior in the end. Yes. Yeah. For people who didn't know what he was referring to. Yeah. Go ahead. Correct. <laughs> now, we're at a, cr at a crossroads now in America. Uh, do we want to preserve our republic? Or do we yes. Want? But preserving your republic requires more than getting on your computer bitching about it. Right. You have to go out there. You've got to knock on doors. And I'm asking you all, join me in the fight. Stand shoulder to shoulder with me, because God forbid I, what you call it, pass out and die of a heart attack on the way home. Who's going to take my place? Mm -hmm. Who is going to take my place? Right. And I'm quoting from the Michael Collins movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, I agree. And remember, when the revolution started in this country, it was only 3%. Okay? Only 3% of the populace was pissed off enough to start a revolution. Right. So I think it's still there. We could do it. Evan, be quiet. Evan, I got a great message to read you when, when we come back about Law Shield seminar last night. All right. He's being uncharacteristic. Well, I'm, I'm one he's learning. Even Evan, even Evan can learn. For many people walking into a range the first time, it's quite intimidating. So when you walk in through the double doors, the first thing you'll see on your left is a concierge.
When people walk in, they can take a tour of the range, or maybe they're coming in for an appointment with one of my instructors or me, and they'll be directed to the right classroom. It kind of softens the entire experience. It makes people feel more at home. As you walk further into the range, you're going to notice we have New Jersey's only indoor 50-yard range, which is heated and air-conditioned. The dividers at each port are bulletproof. They're extra wide ports so two people can stand side by side and shoot. There's lights in the ports so you're well lit. We also have three times as much light down range that the average range would have because I believe it's important that the targets are well lit. Our target retrieval system is all digital. You program how many feet you want to send it out and it stays there. Both of our ranges are tactically baffled which means when we run our higher level courses, you can move forward to the firing line and shoot in any direction and bullets can't escape. When you come out of the 50 yard range, to your left you'll see our large classroom and go back up to the concierge and make a right, we have two smaller classrooms. And those classrooms are for small one-on-one -on -one classes, our Build-A-Bear, building an AR. As you enter through there, you'll see that we have a uh, portal with a key to go into our Platinum Lounge. They can sit around and watch TV on the leather uh, chairs or couches, and they can maybe work deals with their uh, clients. And you normally don't see a cafe in an indoor range. In New Jersey, we have this archaic law where you're only supposed to go from your house to the range, range to the house with no unnecessary deviations. I'm seeing a lot more families coming in now where they have multiple kids, and the wife will stay in the cafe with one or two kids, and they'll do a handoff. To me, it's very important that people are treated like family, so the bathrooms are very high-end. We use marble and corian and really nice tile and full-length dividers so that people are comfortable when they come in. When you exit the bathroom, you'll see the Gun for Hire radio studio where Sandy and I tape our show. After you pass that and you make a left, you'll notice our retail area. Over 120 firearms for rent. As you turn 180 degrees, you see the large sections of bulletproof glass. That's our 25-yard range. And inside our 25-yard range, we have 13 ports. Those ports are even wider than the 50-yard range. Both ranges have full-time range safety officers. In case you have any questions or concerns, they're there to help you. With the news, events, and political shenanigans impacting your freedom, you're listening to Gun For Hire Radio, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. All right, Jack, you're back. Paul, what's your website again? www all one word paul p a u l t u g g a n dot com. How easy is Simple. that? Now listen, I get this message F, from this guy Horace. Took the U.S. Law Shield seminar last night in Clifton. I already knew how draconian New Jersey is about gun laws, but holy shit! I'll admit it, scared me a bit. If I wasn't already into shooting, I think I wouldn't even bother getting a gun, which is exactly what the Nazi state wants. Yeah. The smartest thing to do is to know the law and have Evan on speed dial and U.S. Law Shield's number committed to memory. Thanks for getting the class together. Appreciate it, Horace. It's the truth. So, Evan, I, I say, stated a warning before why I tell everybody to clean their houses out of all their non-New Jersey compliant stuff. You know, listen, stuff happens. You go to a you go to a show in Pennsylvania and you see a switchblade or an out the front knife which is legal there or you go to New Hampshire and you're like, "Wow, look at that beautiful, you know, pearl handle or walnut handle on that knife." And and you buy it and you bring it home. But Evan'll tell you now, TRO 
fire in the house, house broken in, red flag. Ev, what happens if you have more than 10-round magazines? What happens if you have a switchblade or an out-the-front right. knife laying yeah. around? What, what happens if you have a flash suppressor? Remember, what's, what's it called? Constructive intent, right? You don't even go, have to have the gun, right? They go, absolutely. They're going to... You see, this is... Here's the big picture. We worry, rightly so, about the big anti-gun efforts. And we're always concerned about the bad anti-gun laws, but that's only part of the anti-gunner plan. The anti-gun plan is not just to pass these laws, etc., but also they're working the other end. They're individually, one by one, yeah. disarming us. Right. Correct. And not just disarming us by taking our guns, but disarming us by making us prohibited persons. Mm -hmm. And so there is no gun law, knife law, weapon law in New Jersey, not a single one, that is not a felony level offense. Possession of a slingshot in New Jersey is a felony. Carries up to 18 months in state's prison. You get convicted of slingshot possession, even though you pay a $10 fine, and it's very embarrassing to have that as your conviction, <laughs> you have lost your gun rights for the entire United States. Because you're now a convicted felon, because New Jersey has arbitrarily decided that slingshots are a felony level possessory offense. But so are magazines that hold over 10 rounds. You have an 11 round mag. You now have a felony conviction for that. Yep. You have a hollow nose bullet outside exemption because it dropped out of your range bag in your uh, backseat of your car. You've now got a felony conviction. One by one by one, we disarm, we disarm, we disarm the individual. So not only is it a global big approach to taking away, but New Jersey has it in the system by design yeah, to right, disarm right, us. Absolutely. And individuals need to recognize this and be careful and cautious and not have anything that is prohibited, even though you may say, oh, screw them, and I don't care, or they're never going to catch me, or I'm the, why would they ever have a problem? And yet, you're going to be that guy calling me saying, I can't believe I'm talking to you, and now I'm facing these charges. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, it's not just the loss of your gun rights. But New Jersey has insane, draconian penalties associated as part of a number of their gun laws. From unlawful, quote, possession of a handgun, which just means you're outside the exemption slightly. You brought your handgun to your buddy's house to show him. Yeah. There's no exemption for that. You're guilty of a second-degree crime of unlawful possession of a handgun because you brought it to your buddy's house to show him, even though it's unloaded in a case and all that. Or a possession of an assault firearm. This made-up, contrived nonsense that makes no sense and has nothing to do with crime. doesn't matter. You get convicted of either of those, the judge has no discretion. None. You must receive at least three and a half years in state's prison with no chance of parole. You will absolutely get that. It doesn't matter that you had no priors. It doesn't matter you had a firearms ID card. It doesn't matter you have a family and a job and a career and hopes and dreams. New Jersey will destroy you. Now, I have client after client that I'm fighting every day on this stuff. And I can't emphasize enough to the people listening. Don't take the chance. Exactly. Don't take the chance. Be careful. Don't have these things because it is so easy for this stuff to end up in the attention of the government and you will suffer and it, it is the degree and extreme they will go to is mind-boggling 
Okay, just said uh, not too long ago a case with a guy who had an AR type gun lawfully acquired from a dealer. Got to the attention of the government. Had an argument with his wife. There was no violence. Doesn't matter. Neighbor called police. Come, DV, take the guns. There is no domestic violence. All that's dismissed. But the guns in their possession, charge in possession of an assault firearm. Well, wait a minute. He bought it lawfully from a dealer. He bought it as Jersey compliant. How can this be an assault firearm? And what does he have? He has a telescoping stock, M4 type stock that's pinned, pinned, mind you, and a pistol grip, bought lawfully. The state says, oh, we don't believe it's sufficiently pinned. Oh. Sufficiently pinned. You know, you're going to destroy this man's life, his family, his hopes and dreams, put him in prison for three and a half years, when he, on a firearm he lawfully acquired from a dealer, as Jersey compliant, because you don't think the pin, which demonstrates the intent to not have it being telescoping, no matter what, isn't sufficient. I mean, I said... Let's make believe there's no pin at all. Can you tell me, because a stock goes two inches back and forth, what the hell that has to do with crime? Right. Nothing. But they'll destroy that man. His minimum mandatory sentence will be three and a half years, up to ten, but at least three and a half, no chance of parole. Turned into a felon, his life, family, and career destroyed over a lawfully acquired gun because the state doesn't think it's sufficiently pinned this is the crap that goes on here and i'd rather not see any of our good law-abiding folks suffer you got to be careful even when you think you're completely righteous you still may have a fight of this absurd length right yeah oh lord this is what we deal with every day you know i think it's probably more important to point out in a biblical sense David of David and Goliath he would have been never been able to take him on in the state of New Jersey because <laughs> David, David would have been in jail True. For, for a felony for a right. felony right. and I'd love to know if all of our good brethren of the you know the and high state, capacity three because you know, remember he had all those smooth stones, stones. So but, <laughs> but, right. but it is it is ironic it is ironic it is ironic and I think somebody said that the law is an ass but if this law is a Mr. Bumble. <laughs> Mr. Bumble. <laughs> that's right. That's where it's from. Mr. Bumble. From Dickens. Of course. That's he right. would know this. Of course. Of course. Yes. <laughs> but but if David. Law, Mr. Bumble. If the law presupposes that, the law is an ass. That's it. Yes. <laughs> the law is an ass. That's right. The law is an law ass. The law is an ass. Yeah. So and not a nice ass either. So, Paul, we're going to have you on for the next year. You're going to come on a lot. You're going to keep us updated. We're going to keep talking about. You know, we're going to use. We're going to pick a couple of candidates. Uh, obviously, Paul is going to be number one because we've been uh, entwined for many years. We supported him the last time too, and uh, whatever we can do for him uh, to push him, just like we did for Gallo, uh, Tony Gallo down in Middlesex County. But uh, you know, you had the. I had Loretta Weinberg on the radio show, and uh, <coughs> anyway. Uh, uh, and we're still in contact. Uh, I, I think I expect after Monday, um, after the liberals and the establishment here, what I'm up to, uh, that I mightn't even get out of the bloody park car park. You know, yeah, <laughs> <the> <laughs> could be too, yeah. I would have someone else start your car in the morning. With. 
If you, have an, if you have an ex-wife, have her start the car. You know, go, going... <laughs> what? Going... Allegedly. Alleg- uh, <laughs> going back to what Evan said, you know, when I found out about my wife and one of my guys, my instructors, uh, I cleaned my house out top to bottom, top to bottom, bottom to top. Yeah, there do. was no such thing as gun sitters back then. I took all my guns and I brought them to, uh, to the range and I transferred them over. And there's nothing like getting that TRO and having six cops come to your house and search your house top to bottom. And you think about, you know, 30, 40 years in this industry, the stuff that you collect. Oh, yeah. Right. <clears throat> you know, people bring you little baubles and little you. gifts yep. mm-hmm. and uh, and sitting outside smoking a cigar with Which the late Winston. Which, of course, you don't have anymore. I, I it's mean, all gone. Even just it's actually all alleged. in a state where it's legal now. Yeah. It's all in Pennsylvania. So it's in Pennsylvania. I go visit it. So it's no, it was always Pennsylvania. there. I mean, but I, I, I had, you know, you, it's just amazing. People would bring me, like, retired cops would, you know, come in to qualify, and they were like, I got this thing in my basement for 12 years here. You know, like, oh, God, okay, uh, sure. And then i take it and throw it on the shelf in my office yeah, or right. throw it in my basement. And, you know, somebody come over, not a lawyer, but somebody come over and I'd be, look at this thing I got, you know. But... I, I said it last night at the U.S. Lucia. I'd still be in prison right oh, now. Yeah. There's oh, no Evan as good as he is could not have got me <laughs> off when the prosecutor brought out the three tables worth of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're uh, definitely entertaining. <laughs> oh yeah, it was entertaining. Oh, for, I was telling everybody how the lawyers are so different. You know, mm. uh, I would uh, Napin was one of my guys, uh, primary, and then there was Dan Schmutter, and then there was Lewis Napin, and then Scott Buck was like advising. He was not on retainer. He was not. He doesn't go to court. He doesn't. Know, he just reads stuff and he offers his opinion. And, you know, I talked to Evan on the phone when I was in trouble, Paul, and I'd be like, we're good. Yeah, don't worry. We got this. Then I'd hang up the phone and I'd call Scott up, and Scott would be like, uh, you should probably get a passport from a different country with a different, <laughs> with a different name on it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> You know, just when you think that you're at the, the limits of government nefariousness, mm. there's always yeah. one more. So oh, right my now. God. No surprise. That is absolutely... In this you want this? I always think it can't get more outrageous. <laughs> Never say that. It absolutely gets more. There's always I mean, something. This, more the stock outrageous. is not pinned efficiently. What the hell? Okay, or permanently from? enough. Yeah. Right. So define it. What do you want? Do you want it well? Do you want duct tape? Do you want gum? Right. What right. do you want? <laughs> And that's the problem. There is no definition. No. Yeah. They've never put what it even means. Intentionally. And it just with some prosecutor listening to some. Uh, investigator who has some screwy opinion is deciding to put forward and uh, it's also quite random as to who gets prosecuted who doesn't there's a wide disparity but usually the general pattern is destroy the person at least make them ineligible for guns for the rest of their life right. that's Correct. really the objective Evan what's your website evannappen.com Paul what's your website Pauldurgan.com. Vote 
VotePaulDuggan.com. VotePaulDuggan.com. I'll be posting that anyway. Listen, daylight savings time just passed. I still don't understand why we have daylight savings time. I'm told it's for the, it's for the farmers oh, or whatever yeah. the hell it is. The this train is schedules. the time. It's every six months. Make sure you change your smoke detector batteries, your carbon monoxide detector batteries. Check your fire extinguishers, and you should have a safety drill slash fire drill in your house. Every daylight savings time. Do yeah, you understand that? So go around and check all of those batteries. Check the contacts. You know, Henry Montfort came in the other day and said that his, him and his wife and his son all had headaches and stuff. I'm like, check your carbon monoxide detectors. Yeah. Replace them or something. Because we don't want to wait till you're dead. Right. You know? Right. So it's oh, date. Oh. By the way, that's how that what leads to gun confiscation, too. What? Right. Yeah. I had a CO2 guy's uh, CO2 went off. They came to check it out. Found guns, charging, got magazine charges on a CO2 issue. See? And if you get a fire and your house burns down, anything they find going through, you'll get charged. Yeah, when the arson inspector right. is and coming through. They that. Find, and same guns or even or anything stolen from you, simply because it's stolen, the government can still use it against you. It's not suppressible. Criminals steal from you. It can still be used against you. How do you feel about that, ladies and gentlemen? But you could turn it in. You can turn it yeah, in gun buyback program. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing we're not doing that. All right, well, looks like you've done it again. You've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gun for Hire Radio. Gun for Hire Radio is a kind of think media production. The music used in this broadcast is managed by Cosmo Music New York, New York. On behalf of our co-host, Master Trainer Anthony Calandro, the great one, and Paul Duggan, we do wish you a great week. Love you guys. And Stop on by. See you then. From sea to the shine.